Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good friend, Seth Robinson. Seth, you out there? Hey, how are you? Doing pretty well. Cruising into the end of the week here. Had a nice Thanksgiving. Pretty uneventful, peaceful, kind of rest and rejuvenated. Um, how about yourself? Uh, I got through Thanksgiving. It wasn't peaceful. Um, it, it wasn't horrible, but there were some you know, family moments, and so that got a little rocky. And yeah, definitely getting towards the end of this week. I think this week is the hardest week of the year to work. You know, for my money, nothing even comes close. You've come out of Thanksgiving, you want to just get to the next break, and it's kind of tough to get things going. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm sort of like, let's call it a day after Thanksgiving till the end of the year. But I guess life doesn't work that way. (laughs) No, unfortunately not. We, We should put it in the suggestion box, though. Just shut down the whole rest of the year. Actually, someone was telling me this week that their college break used to start at like Thanksgiving. And they thought that Northwestern did that, but... Well, Northwestern, um, since they did go there, so I know, right. uh, is on trimesters. So the year is divided actually in four quarters if right. you go to school in the summer. So it's very different than uh, like a, a two-semester uh, academic year. It's you have fall trimester, winter trimester, and then a spring trimester. And that screws up the whole calendar a bit. You start school later, like the beginning of the year is in like around the third week of September is when school starts in Northwestern. Um, then it goes later than a typical school and the breaks are different. It's, it's just a funky system. Yeah. That's, that's how Georgia tech used to be. And then my last year there, they switched to regular semesters, but even then we would, you know, kind of break for Thanksgiving, come back for like two weeks and then do finals and then have a break. It didn't just start at Thanksgiving and you had the whole rest of the year off. Yeah, no, Olivia just went back to UVM and it's, after Thanksgiving, and it's two weeks of classes and then a week of finals. So she'll go back. She's back for three weeks before she comes home for, for winter break. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, uh, for this week on Volley, we wanted to talk a little bit about certifications. I'm sure a lot of people that listen to the podcast are aware that CompTIA makes the majority of its revenue through certifications for IT professionals. Um, so certifications that measure skills and help an IT pro start a career or continue in their career and and build themselves up. So joining us today, we have Teresa Sears, and she is the Senior Director of Product Development here at CompTIA. So Teresa, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Our pleasure. We we want to talk a little bit about the upcoming A+, but before we get there, uh, Teresa, I thought you could talk a little bit about what product development does, because like I said, a lot of people probably are familiar with the certs. Maybe we have people that hold our certifications, but they may not be aware of how we actually go about building them. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to talk about that. I think sometimes folks have this idea of how a certification exam is built and that maybe uh, there's a a room full of CompTIA employees squirreled away somewhere coming up with exam items designed to trick you. And, and, you know, that's somewhat far from the truth. The the reality of it is there are no CompTIA employees who are writing uh, exam items for our certifications because all of our items, as well as the standard or the set of objectives, are actually developed by people who are doing the jobs that we certify uh, day in and day out. 
So at the very beginning of the process, I work with a group of people who are hiring managers, who work in in, in jobs like uh, like technical support, like systems administration, and I work with them and other product managers on my team work with these groups to really identify how trends and technologies are impacting these jobs and what that would mean for the certification and what that could mean. We then take that input and we work, uh, Seth and Carolyn, with, with your research team to collect additional data on how, you know, again, how technologies uh, and, and technological trends are impacting job roles. And all of that feeds into a uh, job task analysis process. And that JTA process begins with a workshop, which is, again, populated by subject matter experts who are working in these jobs. And then once that workshop runs for a week and the the output of that is a set of objectives that is then taken to survey to, to further validate it. So, I mean, that's four or five different steps and checks along the way just to, uh, just to establish the objectives, just to establish the standard and the things, the knowledge, skills, and abilities needed to perform whatever job it is that we happen to be validating. In the case of A+, it's, it's technical support and help desk type roles. Once that has been fully vetted, it's only then that we begin to develop items. And, and again, those items are developed by people performing the job. Now, CompTIA brings a wealth of expertise in how to write an item, how to assess the validity of an item, what makes a good item versus a bad item. But it is the subject matter expert, the people who are doing the jobs that are actually providing the content for the items, who are drafting the items initially. Uh, So I I kind of like to say in describing the development process that it's very much for industry by industry uh, because that is the only way that you can really develop a certification exam that's both valid and reliable. So, Teresa, by item, you mean a question on the exam itself? Yes, uh, a question item, and those items might be a closed response item, uh, like a like a multiple choice item or a kind of drag and drop. But it also might be something considerably more sophisticated, like a performance based item that requires someone to actually perform the task as they would if they were sitting at their desk. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, in, in terms of certification in general, what if you are, say you're you're a person with high, high level of technical acumen already, you're a young person wanting to get into this market, you feel like you can teach yourself these skills on your own, and you actually can. You've, you've managed to become what would be a, a fairly competent, skilled help desk technician or network support person. What differentiates or what, what, what is the value or benefit of going ahead and getting a certification like our A plus or something else versus being able to do something on your own? Obviously, there's got to be some value add to that when you're going to the marketplace. Sure. I, I think the main value add is being able to prove it. I think you could have someone like you just described who has done you know a lot of their own learning You could also have someone who maybe took a course at a community college. You could have a a third person 
who um, has done some combination of maybe following along with an online tutorial uh, that is more self-paced. But when an employer is looking at that, an employer it doesn't necessarily have all the information they need in order to determine whether or not the person who followed the more self-directed path has an equivalent set of skills to the person who went through a, a course. What the certification does is it levels the playing field. It gives the employer something to look at that says, okay, I know that both of these people, they might have taken very different paths to get there, but all else being equal, they have the same set of skills needed for this job role. So it's really a, a tool for the employer to use to determine a skill set, to, to uh, have some evidence of what that person knows. It, it's really a, a benefit for technical workers to be able to have that proof. We don't work as much with software developers, uh, and part of that is because there are so many languages out there, and it's it's a little difficult to to construct the same type of certification portfolio for software that we currently have. But I know in that world, what tends to happen in the hiring process is uh, projects are given. So if a candidate for a software programming position will have to produce a piece of code, typically, you know, that's been created by the programming team at that company. And so a candidate for a software position is going from company to company to company, having to do multiple projects to try to prove their knowledge. And, you know, here is something, the certification that allows somebody to have something that they can bring. Uh, and obviously, the things that we're asking them to prove aren't as easy to turn into a project that a company could give. But it's, it's a huge benefit for for technical workers and, and candidates for technical positions. And, and when you're talking about the things that we're trying to prove here, I think there is a distinct set of, you know, hardcore technical skills that we want to prove. But more and more, we're trying to prove that someone knows how to put those things together. And I think that's what we're seeing in the process that you described earlier. And that's what we see in the research is that companies are looking for technical workers that understand large systems and they understand how things fit together. And they're not just fixing a laptop anymore and then returning it back to the employee and then fixing the next laptop. They are understanding how applications work across systems and, and solving problems that help keep the technology running at the company. Yeah, yeah. The the problem-solving piece is really the, the key phrase there. Very few people are day in and day out fixing laptops. Laptops are generally being shipped back to, to the vendor when, when they don't work. Yet the technical support role and the, the number of job openings continue to grow and are projected to grow much faster than average uh, over the next decade. Why is that? It's it's not because people are fixing laptops, but it's because, to your point, as these systems become more complex, the need to have someone who can problem solve issues that arise is is key. Uh, and that's exactly what the A-plus certification validates. It's, it's that ability to problem solve within a technology context. Uh, that's why when you go through the A-plus objectives, for example, you'll see so many objectives that begin with the phrase, given a scenario. Uh, it's because 
very few issues or problems are presented with the reason for them attached to it. It's, you know, it's, you don't, you don't approach someone and say, I can't access the internet because my Wi-Fi is off. It's, it's always just, I can't access the internet and it's up to the tech support person to be able to, to refine the problem, you know, to zero in on the, the cause of that problem. Uh, the cause, unfortunately, I think that's true across most things. The cause is never right there staring you in the face. You need to you need to dig in to figure out what it is. I think that's a good segue here because we we do want to talk about the the refresh of of A plus, which is Comptia's flagship certification. It's been around for a quarter of a century, I guess now, twenty five years, uh, and we're doing a refresh that's coming out in January. So I think. Teresa, if you could talk to this, it sounds as though this is a step up in sophistication and it also addresses that need to be the problem solver, critical thinker, and taking consider into consideration uh, IT as a, in a more holistic way, as opposed to, like I said, just solving one problem with a laptop. It's really more about what is going on with the entire environment. Right, and, and what's going on with the organization and, and the needs that, that they have for the tech support role. To your point, some of those changes, and I think one that is top of mind uh, a lot these days is cybersecurity. And that plays out pretty dramatically in, in the new version of A+. Uh, while you know, we've covered security in one way or another since, uh, let's see, my A+, history, it was in 2006 when the security domain was first introduced into the exam. And it has grown in weight and importance on the certification exams because that's a reflection of the, of the job role. Uh, and so in this most recent version, the, the core series that's coming out in January, we see just as an example in the uh, 900 series, you had to understand and maybe recognize malware. But in the core series, not only do you need to be able to recognize it, you need to be able to detect it and remove it. And that makes sense when you think about the tech support role, both the broadening and deepening of the uh, expertise needed in security is one fairly significant change uh, coming up with uh, with the core series. One of the side effects of that, I'd imagine, is now that you have more empowered help desk uh, and support people who are able to do not just the identifying the problem of being able to figure out how to fix it, and especially in the area of cybersecurity, you're freeing up some of your uh, more senior or higher level IT people to be working on bigger strategic projects. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that speaks a lot to the return on investment for something like an A plus certification, when when someone is who's at a um, you know an earlier part of their career, when they are able to address uh, these issues, they don't get escalated. And you know exactly to your point, it leaves your more senior level people the the time and the the resources to um, to work on higher level, more strategic projects that are um, you know are are business enablers and really impact the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So it's great to hear how security is being emphasized at uh, this even entry-level position for technology jobs. What are some of the other changes? Because I think we know that 
the operations of technology and the things that people are doing, the models that they're using are changing drastically. So are, are some of those things impacting even this entry level as well? Yes. Uh, one other area that uh, is impacted and then, you know, reflected in the, in the A-plus certification is cloud and virtualization. You know, looking even at supporting productivity software, uh, whether you're talking about G Suite or Office 365, those are SaaS applications. Uh, and if I'm a tech support person, I need some understanding of how I'm going to troubleshoot issues an end user might be experiencing uh, with those types of applications. None of that is sitting on the client anymore. So uh, an A-plus certified uh, professional needs, needs that understanding. And we see that playing out in the core series as a, um, a domain dedicated to uh, cloud and virtualization. Uh, and then it also weaves its way into uh, to other objectives when you see the mention of uh, different systems that are hosted in in the cloud or um, you know just not necessarily on prem. Uh, so that's that's a pretty significant difference. there's there's attention played to devices other than laptops and mobile phones. For example, there, is discussion of IoT devices, protocols, networking protocols to support IoT, uh, and I, you know, it all ties back to an increase in the sophistication of these environments. I think that was something that Carolyn uh, mentioned earlier on, just the change in the environment and the the additional complexity of the environment is changing, broadening, and deepening skills required to support that environment. Mm-hmm. That's what makes product development so much fun for you, right? It's <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yes. You think yes. you've got it nailed down and then you've got to re you got to think about, oh wait, things are changing again. Yes, it's it's good job security um, <laughs> because the the process is never done. As soon as this is launched, uh, we will start looking at uh, what the next version is going to look like and and how things are are continuing to change. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 never done. Well, and I think you know, we've we've kind of mentioned this a couple times, but the the changes that you're describing, with security being more of a focus and with cloud being more of a focus, that that shows, like you said, sort of a broadening and and maybe deepening, but also kind of taking that that job up a level. And and so we've got these changes that are happening in the technology environment, and that's driving changes in the technology workforce, that the entry level is now dealing with a more complex set of things. Uh, they, they have to touch each one of the areas in our IT framework that we've developed. And they're also dealing with things like cloud computing and virtualization that might have previously been the domain of a server administrator or a network administrator. And obviously, they're not building as deep skills there as those upper level people would be, but they have to know a little bit about it. Uh, And so I think that that's a good reflection of how the overall workforce is morphing here as companies are going through digital transformation. Yeah, I I think uh, you can't just support one function of IT. You have to be able to support uh, the entire enterprise uh, regardless of the the function. Um, And 
I, I think one benefit of that for someone in this type of role is the avenues uh, for career development that it, it opens up. Uh, you might be uh, working primarily to support um, a security operations center, and that could open up uh, a pathway to a career in cybersecurity. You might be more focused on supporting uh, the the NOC, the Network Operations Center, and you know there's pathways there then for something like uh, network engineering, uh, network administration, uh, and, and that type of role. And it it goes on in other areas too. Maybe you're supporting um, business applications, uh, and that could lead into uh, a number of different possibilities in. Uh, business analysis or even, uh, you know, data analytics. Sure, you know, not maybe a perfectly direct path, but it exposes you uh, to those functions of IT uh, that really can open up some um, some career opportunities for people. That's great. It's been really good to hear about this. This has been a bit of an eye-opener for me, and, and, and thank you, Teresa, so much for joining. Uh, for our listeners out there who may be interested, like, what is the timetable for the new A+, and you know, what should they be looking for? Is there going to be some mar- marketing and messaging around it, and uh, where can they plug in? So the new A-plus launches in January of 2019, so coming up in just a, uh, about a month and a half now. Uh, and there will be some continued messaging uh, and promotion coming out uh, starting in the new year. Uh, and for those who might be listening who are alumni who have earned their A+, and at some point in time, well, we're going to be uh, launching a fun little tool that they can use to compare what their version looks like compared to the um, the newest version if they want to get a sense of how much it's changed since they took it. So some fun things coming up uh, in the, the very near future here. And in terms of training, getting ready for the exam, are there things that we're providing that would help people do that? There are. I'm glad you, you mentioned that, Seth. CompTIA, as part of our launch of this version of A+, uh, we are coming out with official CompTIA content as well. So we will have a suite of product uh, available for those who are um, pursuing more of like a a self-paced type of uh, learning experience. We also have official CompTIA content for instructor-led training as well for those instructors out there who might be looking for some courseware to support courses that they are teaching to APOS. So a number of different options, opportunities, ways to uh, prepare for the APOS certification exams. Well, that's just great. We'll have to have you back uh, next year after you've got this rolled out and just to see how, get an update and see how things are going. But yeah. great having you, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And uh, next week we have our all staff here. So Teresa, you're you're here with me most of the time, but Carolyn, you get to come visit us. Yeah, I get to fly out. I love coming out there in the cold of winter. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback to your college days. Yeah, true that, true that. But no, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. It'll be fun. All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you both soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.